You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. Living right now, at this moment of time, to live strong then. And I'm hoping uh, in, in, in a simple way to get us to what then is in a few moments you know, um, I recognize how important it is to let the word of God dwell in you richly. That's important. We need the word of God dwelling in us to express ourselves in worship and in praise like we do. We can't do that if the word of God, if God himself is not dwelling in us. And I want to see if we can get that far, that we could say the word of God is dwelling in me right now. See, uh, here's a phrase that's nothing new. Jesus is king. Thank you for one amen. Amen. Jesus is king. Right. Now, I'm saying that uh, not to be triumphalist. I'm not getting a, a, a rise out of you to be triumphalist. I'm not wanting some euphoria to hit us. Um, I'm saying it because it's a fact. Jesus today is in control. Jesus today is king. And he's king of those who open their hearts and allow him to reign in that kingdom. And we need to establish that. If you were born again, you see, if you were born again by the Spirit of God, your salvation is founded on that very fact. If he's not king, if he's not king of the cross, if he's not king of sin and over sin, what good is he to us? He is king because he has brought salvation to our very souls. There is no salvation in any other man, says the scripture. Acts chapter 4, if you want to read it later. There is no salvation in any other man, for there is no other name under heaven given to the children of men by which it is necessary for mankind to be saved. He's the only one who's going to do it. But here is my starting point. He is king. He is savior of your life. But is he really Lord this morning? That's nothing new, I know. But is he? It's the questions we need to be asking ourselves. Is he Lord of your life this morning? Is your life surrendered completely to his will or are you still making your own decisions? Isn't that an easy thing to do? How often do we consult him on our daily routine, our daily walk with Jesus? But do we make our own questions? We are all very good at that, I think. I hope that isn't too old school for you. We cannot move forward in God or any other aspect of the Christian faith without the absolute lordship of Christ sealed in our lives. The Holy Spirit can do that for us. He will do that for us. The anointing is when the Holy Spirit comes and does things for us. He anoints us into our ministry and our walk. 
We need to move, you see, we need to move away from what we think. I'm always thinking things. I think this and I think that. Get the leaders of any church together. Do you know, guys, I think this. And, and, and that kind of thing begins to take control when we start to think like we think. It's a dangerous place. Human thinking. Human logic. This is what I think. It sounds very good, doesn't it? You, you need to take note of me when I say that. This is what I think. But this is what I think. What I think doesn't matter one jot. That's the important issue. We need to function to who he is, what he says, and what he does. We need to get as close as that. We need to hold in our very being the mind of Christ. It's that kind of thing that needs to take us forward, that we have the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We need the mind of Christ. I know it takes time. I've been a Christian 53 years, and I'm still moving forward. I'm not telling you to be like me. I'm asking you to be like him. That's what I'm doing. If you follow me, you'll get nowhere. You know, as much that as Jesus shines out of me, and I praise God for that, if that's true. I tell you what, following me will get you nowhere. Following him will get you everywhere. Will get you everywhere. If you want to move from where you are now to deeper depths, deeper heights, you will need to capture the thought and wrestle with it until you come to a true conclusion. Is he really Lord of my life? You know, that's an exciting journey to be on. I think somebody said earlier, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. We are on a journey. And we don't get to the end until we meet him in the by and by, as they used to say in those old-fashioned songs. But we need to move forward in that way. We need to wrestle until we know he's Lord. You know, I used to, uh, I, I, I'm not a great teacher, don't think that, but I used to do some teaching in a Bible college. And uh, at the lunchtime, you know, or, or most of them were PhDs. I wasn't. The, the lecturers, but they'd come through and they had to go first in the dining room to get their meals. They were So I'd come out and I'd stand with the boys and the girls, but the boys there, and uh, they were excited because they were students of the word. They were going to go out into the field and, and win the world for Jesus. They probably, like I said before, they probably thought they were going to do it in a fortnight. Probably didn't happen. Pastor, they said, as I was waiting to get my meal. Pastor, what's the most important thing in, in the life of the Christian? Wow, I was stood there waiting to get some egg and chips or something, and this great theological question comes to me, you know? Uh, so I thought a moment, and I thought a moment, and I could only come up with this. Keep the touch of God on your soul. Keep the touch of God 
on your soul. I'm preaching like an old preacher because I believe it, but I find it as hard as anybody else. But keep the touch of God on your soul. Go wrestle, fight, and pray until the break of day, but keep the touch of God on your soul. When you've got the touch of God on your soul, I want to tell you, then you know that you are right in the eyes of the Almighty. Why am I saying all this? Because if we don't get the relationship right now, we will not be able to stand in the future. We won't be able to stand then. That's the important factor. We are moving forward in our history. And I, I won't have time to share all what's in my mind and in my heart, but I'll tell you one or two things when we get there in just a moment. Here's a question. Where are you positioned today? in holy places. Where is your position today? You know, I, I, I haven't got this down, but I do, I do want to say it because I liked it. I think I've told one or two people, but there was a guy who had really a pastor, a minister, uh, who had grown his church. It had really grown. And he was in an interview situation. And they said, Pastor, what, what, how many have you got in your, con uh, uh, how many leaders have you got? How many ministers have you got in your church? Um, he said, uh, well, uh, um, about 300. He said, how many people have you got? How many pastors have you got in your church? He said, about 300 people. That means every one of us is a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. You may not lead here, you may not lead anywhere else, but you are a minister of the Lord Jesus Christ. You walk with Christ. When you walk with Christ, you, do, you don't stop at salvation, you see. When you walk with Christ, you don't stop at salvation. There has to be a move forward. There has to be a development. You cannot stand still on the birthday of your salvation date and think, I have arrived. Something has to come out of our salvation experience. We need to know something from the living God. You know, Jill and I have been married for 36 years. When I first saw her and I thought, gosh, she's quite attractive. And I thought I might be digging a hole in the ground for myself here, but I'll give it a try. You know, I thought she's quite nice. I knew nothing about her. 36 years later, after we've been married, I know lots about her. And if you talk to her, she said, I know lots about him as well. And she'll keep some of that a secret. But I know lots about her. I need to know about the saviour of my salvation. I need to know about my calling. I need to know who he is in my life. Your relationship with him now will determine if you stand then. When is then? I'll tell you when then is. And it's this, the day of persecution, the day of big trouble, the day of tribulation, and big trouble is at hand. Paul in Ephesians called it the evil day. He said this, Therefore, put on the whole armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and having done everything, what is everything? Putting things right now. 
getting things right now in your relationship with him, living right now, then you will be able to stand. And that's an important thing. Everything's lovely and unky-dory in here, isn't it? You know, we have great praise. We have great worship. We listen to good sermons. You know, we, we feel comfortable in the zone that we're in. I'm born again by the Spirit of God, but there is a day coming if it hasn't already arrived, when the evil one will be against us and we will have to take a stand for truth in Christ. Is he Lord of my life? Because if he isn't, we will never stand in that day. How do we do it? How do we get there? Now, there's no other way we need to live right now to live strong then. It is an imperative. And I just want to emphasize that, how important it is to walk in his way. Now, you might think I'm old-fashioned. Well, I am. Something you have to put up with. You might think I'm old-fashioned. I would say, God forbid, because I'm only talking Bible here. I'm only speaking Bible here. You might even think I'm out of touch with the 21st century world, but this is my contention. This 20th century world, which you and I are now living in, is out of sync with the 21st century God. Can I say that again? Because I think it's important to get that. Okay? You might think I'm out of sync with the 21st century world, but this is it. This 21st century world is out of sync with the 21st century God. And therein lies our problem, or at least one of them. The world doesn't know it, it doesn't think it, and it doesn't believe it. The world has gone mad and, it, and, and we're used to saying that, but now it's become a reality. The world is deluded, but what about the church? What about us as well? I get the sense that up and down our country, there is a theology banded about that love, the love of God, is all. The love of God covers it all. Well, I want to tell you, you can discuss it with me later, but it does not. Let me quote Paul again. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Is that right? Yes, that is absolutely right. It does. I don't care what you have done, really now, whatever, absolutely whatever. I don't care how black and sinful and filthy it has been, nothing, absolutely nothing can or will separate you or me from his love. But his love will not save you. Think about that. His love will not save you. If we were to say this, nothing can separate us from God, it becomes a totally different story. That would be a twist of biblical truth. Your sin will and your sin has separated you from God. Sin for a time separated Jesus from God. Not because of his own sin, but your sin. 
and my sin, the cross experience, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt that God was no longer with him. He was carrying the weight of the sin of the world, your sin and my sin, and sin had separated him for that moment. You needed a way out. I needed a way out. You, needed a, you need a way out now, today. And the only being in the universe is still Jesus Christ. I certainly don't want you to clap me, but you can clap him in anytime you want. Still Jesus Christ. Peter in Acts 2, when preaching, addressing the crowds, said this, be assured of this, God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What can we do? Peter replies, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And then, then you will receive the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said the same thing too. He came preparing the way for Jesus, did he not? You know all about that. And he said, repent, repent. <coughs> the apostles in their ministry, as they moved the church forward from those early days, the message that they had in Christ was, repent, get yourself right now before the living God. You cannot be baptized in water if you have not found repentance in your heart. It's a contradiction in terms. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it's a thought. Friends, we need to live right now to do battle then. Could then be now? Could then be now? I just need another drink of water. It's not nerves. I don't know what it is. <coughs> when you start talking about the devil, he likes to have a go. I think that might be it. I'm not making up the excuse. I think that's the reality. Could then be now. We will need nothing less than the Holy Spirit if we are to stand in the evil day. We need to live right, so why do we need to live strong? There are two positions of theological thought. The one is this, God will take us out before the big trouble, before tribulation hits us. Now, if that's the case, we have no need to prepare for anything. We will be out of it. It will not affect us. We will already be with Christ in heavenly places. Now, that's a great thought, and that's a great place to be in. But there's a second thought. The church will go through this very difficult time. Revelation says to us, maybe just for a short time, three and a half years, we will see the reign of the unholy trinity ruling and dictating. Now, this is the bit where we won't be able to buy or sell without the mark. I'm not here to, to talk about end times, but you do know that story. You do know that uh, situation. We won't be able to buy or sell, sell uh, 
without the mark of the beast. It's going to be a very difficult time. Our praise needs to rise higher then. Our worship of the living God needs to be stronger then. Our stand in his word needs to be stronger then. That's where we need to be. What and who is the unholy trinity? Well, we've got Satan. You know about him. He kind of takes the place of God. He becomes number one at that time, for that time. We have the Antichrist. Anti doesn't mean instead of. It's against Christ. It's against Christ. And he's going to rule and reign for that time in this world. The false prophet, the old friendly priest, kindness itself will be supporting the false, uh, 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 the antichrist. They will make promises that they can keep. Where there is discord and disharmony on the world stage, they will be able to resolve issues. Where there is war and bloodshed, they will be able to resolve issues. Don't undermine them. Where there is financial hardship and blockage in financial markets, they will resolve the issues and so much more. You will be there in that situation if we do not take the mark of the beast. The Bible says of these events, even the very elect will be deceived. Matthew 24, for there shall arise false Christs and false prophets and show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. That's you and me. At some point in history, this truth will become evidence to us. Is it now or will it be then? But it's on the cards. So where are we now? There is a thought, not unfounded, that we could even now be moving into this arena, into that time and space. There is thought around that information. The early stages of that tribulation period might be seen on the horizon now in our world today. I make no predictions, just highlight thought, but look at the signs of what's happening. We've got a little group here um, in the church running on a Every other Saturday morning, it's called Parabellum, preparing for war. Get right now so that we'll be able to be strong, that we'll be able to stand then. Parabellum, we come and we talk, we discuss and we pray the things that are happening in our world at this very moment. The things that are throwing themselves against the church of Jesus Christ the things that are coming against you, predictions uh, and happenings that take place. I've just asked Andrew to just come and give you three little quick instances of the things that we talk about and that we pray about that's affecting you in your walk with Christ right now.
got my mind or not? Yes? Thank you. Good morning, all. Right. First of all, I want to say I don't have some dark obsession with learning these things. For the last couple of years, the Holy Spirit has been grabbing me and turning my face and saying, look at this person, see this person. The hardest part I've found is, is limiting it to three. This is our country and our world and our time right now. First person I'm going to tell you about is a lady named Isabel Von Spruce. She's a pro-life volunteer from Malvern. She's arrested on the 6th of December this year under a public space protection order placed by Birmingham City Council around an abortion site in Kings Norton. She was arrested for specifically, this is exactly what she was arrested for, silently praying in her mind. When the clinic was closed, she stood off to the side of the road, quietly with her eyes closed and her head bowed, praying silently, and was arrested for that specifically. The CPS was going to stay the charges, but she insisted on going to court where the charges were dismissed. And then she was arrested again on the 6th of March for exactly the, sixth, for exactly the same thing, silently praying. The arresting officer can be quite clearly heard to say, prayer is the offense that she's being arrested for. She's since been handed a court order banning her from the area based on that. Some weeks later, 297 of our MPs, of those that represent us in Parliament, voted to implement these exclusion zones throughout England and Wales. Um, all of that can be seen. It was all recorded, and if you wish to see for yourself, it's available online in various places. The next um, person I'm going to talk about is a chap named Dr. Bernard Randall. He's a chaplain, or was a chaplain, of a boarding school, a Protestant evangelical boarding school in Derbyshire. He spoke to a group of his students um, shortly after the school instituted an LGBTQ2 um, policy and told them that they were free to question this policy should they so wish. From that, he was referred by the school to the Anti-Terrorism Prevent Program and sacked for gross misconduct. He was reinstalled, but then made redundant. And understand to be made redundant, that means the position of chaplain was done away with, so he's made redundant. After the prevent team decided he wasn't a terrorist risk, he was referred to the C of E's safeguarding team. He's a Church of England vicar. To their safeguarding team. The safeguarding lead wrote, despite his opinion being supported by scripture, I'll read that again, despite his opinion being supported by scripture, and elements of canon law, it is apparent his apparent opposition to consider or accept a different approach to relationships, which is of concern in a 21st century church. This is a reputational risk to be managed by any parish and diocese to which Reverend Randall is connected. And put that on your CV. She went on to state, due to some church scripture, I would suggest all church scripture, supporting Reverend Randall's views, the church itself may be a risk factor <clears throat> to be used to justify Reverend Randall's <clears throat> opinions. So that's a happy thought. And again, with any of these that are brought up, if you wish to look into it for yourself, and so you should, just get a hold of me and I'll give you the relevant details. The final third one is a chap named Pastor John Sherwood. He's a 71-year-old pastor of the Penfree Methodist Church in London. 
Uh, he's been a pastor for about 35 years. On the 23rd of April, two years ago, 2021, he was arrested in Uxbridge for causing distress and alarm. He and another preacher were preaching on the street on Genesis chapter 1. He made the point that God created marriage as a union of a man and a woman, and that the ideal family is two parents, a father and a mother, with the children. Officers approached him saying that three complaints had been received. Another officer stated that they needed to avoid homophobic statements so as not to offend people. Pastor Sherwood was manhandled, handcuffed, and led away to be held for 21 hours in custody. He was charged with a hate crime, specifically Section 5 of the Public Order Act, using threatening, abusive words and behavior likely to cause harassment, alarm, or distress. Um, again, the arrest, the whole thing is, is available online. It was filmed, and you can look it up on YouTube or wherever. You can see for yourself. He was acquitted of that charge on the 7th of July, 2022, over a year later. So you can imagine this gentleman had over a year to sit for these charges. I'm only giving three for brevity. It was difficult to find only three. There are dozens of which I know. There's probably many hundreds more which I don't know of. of people standing for the word of God, standing for their faith, standing for the truth, and having this put to them. I'm glad that many of them do stand and they're acquitted in court, but that costs them. It costs them personally and it costs them financially. And you have to ask the question, why are they being charged with silently praying, with speaking, quoting, quoting scripture verses in public? Why is that a criminal offence? Thanks, Andrew. Whilst we are in a position this morning to come and go as we please, to worship as exactly how the Holy Spirit leads us to worship, there could come a day when there may be people outside the door asking questions before you came in. There may be people inside infiltrating us. Okay, we could go back to East Germany and uh, the uh, Eastern Bloc and things that happened there, but it's becoming a reality in our very lifetime. Those were just three, possibly, not the simplest, because that's important, but there are some much more... Um, uh, there is much more against the people of God in our day. We can't go on the streets like we once did. We can't say the things that we once were able to say in freedom. Those things are taking place now. Hence my thoughts from the beginning is let's get right now so that we are able to stand then. Are you prepared to go to prison are you prepared for the authorities to chasten you? Are you prepared for the authorities to come and say, no, you can't worship in this way, getting our leaders together. No, you can't do it this way so that we are able to stand then. So I'm coming to that conclusion. The weapons of our warfare are mighty, even to the pulling down of strongholds, and we are going to need that power and that authority if we are able to stand in the evil day. But we need to know. We need to know what those weapons are. We need to know what our relationship to them is. We need to know how to use them. If we do not know what they are, 
we are rendered powerless. So what are they? To know God and get to know him better. Getting it right now. Only as I truly know him can I make him truly known. Only bring the power to others as in my own life is shown. That's a sobering thought. But we need the power to stand. We need to be walking with him. We need to be talking with him as if he's real, as if he's substance, as if he's who he is. We need to do that, maybe more than we do. And I speak to myself as I speak to you, walking with him, talking with him, living constantly in his presence. Now, that's a hard one. It's, I'm still working that one out. That's, what making, that's what's making him Lord of your life means. It's a call to holiness. It's the next step on. That we don't say, on the 21st of March, 1953, I was born again, but I'm being born again daily. I'm repenting daily. You know, I, I do every morning in my prayers. I repent. I look back on the day before and I think, Steve, you weren't that bad yesterday. But there are things in thought, things in deed, and, and, and things of action that can control and spoil that walk. I need to think like Jesus. I need to speak like Jesus. I need to do like Jesus. I need to walk in the pattern of his ways. Getting it right now that I can get or be strong then. There is a sacrifice involved. The biggest sacrifice is self. You might need to go away with that one. The biggest problem that I have is me. It's not you. It's not anybody else. It's not a leadership. It's not a congregation. It's not a denomination. It's none of those things. Self very often becomes the worst enemy. And we have to deal with that. It's not a hope. It's a determination. I will follow Jesus wherever he leads me. So if we want God to speak, we need to be prepared to listen. Practicing the presence of God. I think that was Brother Andrew who coined that phrase. And I've tried to work on that for a very long time. Practicing the presence of God. Not rushing about in all the frenzy of the day, but finding some spot that we can settle back and concentrate on Christ himself. We constantly need the lead of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't give him permission to lead, there is a restriction on the flow of his power coming from the engine room. We need that flow of power. If tribulation comes, nay, when 
tribulation comes, when the hard times come, when we are not able to do what we are doing now, that we are still in relationship with a living God who we know personally, who gives us the power and the strength and the, the authority to be who we are in him. We need to get to that position. If tri tribulation comes and you're going to stand, let's work at living and getting it right now so that we will have the strength of character and the strength of purpose in the power of Christ and his Holy Spirit then. These are sobering thoughts. Go away. You can, you can say that wasn't a very good sermon, but you can go away and think about some of those things that I've said because some of those things are on the nail and they are real to us in this book. You know, Keith, uh, who plays bass here, sometimes he worships at Ross, um, had a, a prophetic picture. You've known he'd had some of those, but it came into the group and he put it on our app this coming this past week and I, it's just two minutes i'm sitting down now dan will come back but just listen to this little little picture of god speaking to him about the things that i've shared with you this morning may god help us seriously to take it seriously that the the word of god will dwell in us richly and hold us to himself that his power will be manifest more and more and our strength will be made known. God bless you.